Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody joining us online. I want to give a shout out to all those in the Zionsville area. I was scrolling through the chat to the Listers and the Brabsons and the Boyers and the Blackburns and everybody in the Zionsville area who's joining us. And then the Shebson family, the extended Shebson family from North Carolina is joining us. The Doherty family down in St. Augustine, suffering for Jesus down there for an extended period of time. Eric and DDR for sure. Gotchalls are up in Michigan, and of course, we've got some of my family in God's country, the great state of Iowa. Yes. So welcome to all of you, and then welcome to everybody in this room. Give us a good panning shot. You guys, uh, wave your hand, say hello to, give them a shot up there, Luke, of the room, and then you guys wave, and this is like, for all of you who are joining us on the screen, we're looking forward to hosting you here physically next Sunday morning, so thank you to those who came today. We're just, we invited some folks to help us pilot our new procedures just so we can like test drive some things today. So through the course of the day, we'll talk about this a little bit more at the end, but info at eaglechurch.com. So those of you in the room here, info at eaglechurch.com. As you're going through our experience today, if you've got a question or a comment or some input to give, we really value and we want to hear from you. And so we'll have a little bit of time after the service. If those of you who can hang out for a few minutes after our service ends, we'll have a little dialogue and chat together, a few more logistical things. But everyone who's watching us on the screen, if you're in the central Indiana area, we would love for you to join us next Sunday morning for our official regathering day of Eagle Church. Raucous applause, please, everyone. Raucous applause. It's been 19 Sundays, but who's counting, right? So that's all, but, uh, but looking forward to it, looking forward to having everybody together. And those of you who still aren't comfortable for whatever reason physically gathering, totally respect that. We will continue to have you and invite you to worship with us online. Our commitment is to keep our online worship experience as good as it possibly can be while we elevate our in-person worship experience. And thanks to all of the hard work our tech crew's doing to make sure both of those things can happen simultaneously. All right. If you have a Bible near you or with you or your phone in hand, open up 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're wrapping up our series that we've been using the whole month of July. We've been talking about change and this cry for change and this longing for change, right? That what do we want? Justice. And when do we want it now? And there's crying and there's rioting and there's reform and there's need for things to be different. That could be personally at home, internally, that could be collectively as a nation, certainly for our world. There's been a cry for change. So all month long we've been talking about what, is the Bible ta- what does the Bible teach us about change and how it works and particularly what does Jesus say to us. And this morning, I want to wrap up the series. I've entitled it 20 Inches to Breakthrough. 20 Inches to Breakthrough. Anybody listening this morning who's longing for a breakthrough of some sort? Could be a breakthrough of healing. You went through what you thought was a routine doctor's appointment, and that routine appointment turned into a not-so-routine appointment, and it's thrust you into a, God, I need a breakthrough of healing. Or others of you have been meeting with your folks 
was your former office now because you had the meeting with your boss you didn't want to have and you've been thrust into a furlough and an unemployment and bills are stacking up and the uncertainty on the horizon. Say, God, I need a breakthrough of provision. Or others of you, maybe it's in the place of a breakthrough of restoration. Maybe there have been some things in the relational world. Could be at home, could be in the friendship circle, could be extended family. You've been needing a a restoring, a reconciling, a mending back together what's kind of broken apart. And you say, God, I need a breakthrough. Or maybe it's a need a breakthrough of peace. The waves of chaos that wash across the shores of our heart just seems so overwhelming, and I just need the Prince of Peace to break in and break through. Or maybe it's hope, like what Julie Callen was talking about. Maybe it's a breakthrough of just, Lord, send the light of your hope into this seemingly overwhelming darkness. Is anybody listening today who maybe this week or this month or perhaps all through this year has been saying, God, I need a breakthrough? Well, church, I want to say we're 20 inches from that breakthrough. 2 Chronicles 7, context of the verse is Solomon, King David's son, David thought he was going to be the one to build the temple. And Solomon ended up being the one to build the temple. And now the temple has been built for the people of God. And it's being dedicated for the glory of God. And so it's the temple of God being dedicated for the people of God, for the glory of God. Solomon's calling them all together. And it's a dedication moment. And that night, God comes to Solomon and speaks a word to him. You had those moments in your life where you were just right at that, such a cusp threshold moment, and God just comes and he speaks. You know, God still speaks today. God can speak to us today. God can speak to you today. And I believe collectively God's got a word from this passage. I'm guessing in your Bibles, those of you who've read through the Old Testament a bit, I'm guessing this verse is highlighted, underlined, starred in your Bibles because it's an often quoted text. And here's what it says, verse 14, if my people, God saying to Solomon, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I'm indebted to Louis Giglio. I first heard Louis talk about this text and connect it to our cultural realities back in March. So I'm indebted to his application and insights on this text. But I want you to see from this verse how it's framed with an if-then. Say that with me. If-then. Say it again. If-then. It's kind of a muffled sound for all of you. It's good to see all of your faces, but only like I'm seeing like 40% of the face, you know. Uh, But saying it at home as well, right? See how it's framed around an if and then a then. If my people. Do you see that? Could it be, church, that What God's doing with all people in the world, could it be that he's starting with my people, his people, our people? Could it be starting with you and me and us? Could it be? Could it be that what God wants to do in this time, in this way, during these unique circumstances, could it be that he's starting with his people, called by his name? Could it be the start is the church? Could it be the word and the message and the movement of the Spirit is first with His people called by His name? I think so. I think there's something here. God, start with me. God, start with you. God, start with us. 
If my people who are called by my name, and you see the four things? If has four things to it. Humble themselves. See that? Pray. What? What's the third one? Seek his face, right? Repent is the word for wicked. So turn from their wicked ways. Do you see that? Do you remember last week's message? Meta Noel. That's the turn from your wicked ways. So the four things. If, God says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, Meta Noel, turn from our sin, turn from ourself, turn from our waywardness, turn from the things God wants us to turn from and to turn to him. If they will do that, then God says he'll do three things. You see the then? If, then. Then what? God says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. And I'll heal their land. Anybody need that kind of a breakthrough today? If, then. Now we get the luxury of looking back through the cross and through Calvary and 2,000 years backwards look on this text. When Jesus had come, Solomon didn't have the luxury of the cross and the empty tomb and the shed blood and the broken body and communion we'll be taking here in a bit. But I want you to see through the lens of the cross, see the fulfillment of the then. But I also want you to see, it's, we've got a third word to add to this structure here. The third word comes from the verse right before it, verse 13. It's the word when. We're going to add a when to the if and the then. Say when. When. Look at verse 13. When, God says, I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Do you see the when there at the beginning of verse 13? So in your Bibles, if you've got, you might want to circle the when, circle the if, and circle the then. Because God's reigning and ruling over all three of those. He's over the when, the if, and the then. Now, the when, let's be honest now, the when is surfacing what we all wrestle with, if we're real honest, at some point in our journey, and certainly in the midst of 2020, we all wrestle with, God, where are you in the midst of this mess? God, if you're so loving, and you're so good, and you're so strong, and you're so powerful, why is this year look like it looks like? Why are there pandemics and why are there riots and why is there so much injustice and why is there so much heartache and suffering and pain? And God, if, if you're reigning and you're ruling, what's up with this? That's the when. You see what he spoke to Solomon? He said, when the locusts are devouring. It's one thing to be dedicating the temple of God to the people of God for the glory of God when the crops are flourishing it's a whole other thing to do it when the locusts are devouring. It's one thing to come into the sanctuary of God when our bodies are healthy and strong. It's another thing to do so when maybe our bodies are breaking down. Maybe even wrestling with, like, did God, like, go out the back door on 2020? Did he just, like, take the fire exit and say, I'm peace out this year? It kind of feels like that at times, right, where you just... How many more headlines can we see? How many more images can we see? How much more out of control does it feel? That's the when. Where are you, God, in the midst of this? 
And I want you to see the way we reconcile the when and the if and the then. See, two truths the Scriptures are very clear about. The first is, God has always been, is today, and will forever be sovereignly reigning and ruling from His throne. The word sovereignty means He's in control of all things and always, all the time. Even when clearly, church, come on now, we've all gotten a PhD in how we're not in control. Even those of us who like to feel like they're quite in control, those of you more control freak oriented, we're all getting a steady ongoing seminar from the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth saying, you're not in control. North America, who likes to be at the center of the world and run the show and call the shots, guess what? North America, you're not in control. One virus, one virus in the institutions of this world, humbled, brought to the end of themselves, the smartest people. The number of phone calls I've had with the unbelievable skill and training and intelligence, the smartest people of this world, the number of times they have said to me, Eric, I don't know. We don't know. Let's be candid. We really have got no idea. Now, wait a minute. You're the expert. The Bible's really clear on this point. The sovereign Lord of heaven and earth, reigning and ruling for all of time, has been, is today, and will forever be. God didn't step off his throne. God didn't take a nap. God didn't kind of turn his side when we stepped into 2020. Nope. Reigning and ruling. That's one truth. Genesis to Revelation. Still today. And second truth is, this world from Genesis 3 on is fallen in sin and broken at its core. Man, have we need a more front row seat to the workings of sin, to the way it manifests and the infiltration into all aspects of the human experience. Our world is broken. It's broken at its core. It's been broken. It's no more broken today than it's always been. You say, well, Eric, is this just like God's judgment on the world? Is that what's going on? Is this like what Jesus talked about with the end times? I'm not going to presume to know all the things God's up to. Here's what I do know. I'm not saying God caused COVID-19, but I am saying this. God will use COVID-19 to forward his purposes in this world. You rest assured in that. God's not up on his throne wringing his hands going, oh, I'm not sure what to do now. Oh, that's a mess over there. That's not the picture we need. God is working out his plans, his purposes in a world that is broken in sin. And he's reigning and ruling over it. This is how we reconcile the when. This is what do we do when the locusts are devouring our fields, when our bodies are breaking down. What do we do, O oh Lord? We put the when with the if and the then, and we look at it through the lens of the cross. Church, it's the cross that puts these three together. It's the cross. When Jesus was arrested, let's not forget, Jesus was innocent. So innocent that the man in charge of his trial washed his hands in a bowl of water and said, I don't know anything to do with the final judgment here. 
Because remember the night before, his wife had a dream and said, you need to, hey, you need to steer clear. That guy's clean. Jesus was innocent. The trial was a sham. They stirred up all kinds of things to throw at him. And eventually, they release a murderer named Barabbas, well-known murderer, by the way. Everyone in town knew he was, he's way off the rails. Let him go, crucify Jesus. Church, that's the definition of a massive injustice. There's no one around who looks at the evidence of that scene and says, that's just wrong. That's not right. That's Passion Week. That's from Palm Sunday to Crucifixion Friday and all the events in there, the arrest, the flogging, the mocking, the brutality, the bloodshed, the eventual execution of Jesus of Nazareth on a cross at the hands of the Roman soldiers, at the approval of the Jewish leaders. Church, that reality right there, stay with me here. We look at that and we say, that's just not right. That was a brutal, it was dark. That's about as dark as dark gets. An innocent man being treated that way and executed in that manner. And he's laid in a tomb. And everyone on the Roman side and the Jew, they're celebrating. They think they got the last word. And then God says, hey, I'm reigning, I'm ruling. I'm going to accomplish my purposes. He rolls the stone away. Jesus rises from the dead, conquers sin and death, walks out of that grave. And hear this church. If the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth can accomplish the salvation for mankind out of the injustice and darkness of Passion Week, then hear this. There's absolutely nothing he can't move forward in 2020 in the mess that we're in. It's the cross. Do you see it? The cross says, God says, I'll get the last word. The cross said, I'm going to do something here that you can't see with your eyes. The cross said, there's going to be something harvested for good out of this. How about the salvation of the human race out of the darkness of that and the injustice? Say, what good can come of the injustice? I mean, now we've gone from protesting, now the police department's having to declare them riots. Say, what good can come out of that? I'll tell you what can come out of it. God can harvest some things out of it. Change. So when the crops are doing well, when the locusts are eating them, when the bodies are healthy, when they're not so healthy, when there's COVID pandemic, when there's a plague, when the plague is lifted. God says, here's Solomon, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call my people. I want you to call out to him. God calling out to you. I remember it was a few years ago, I was standing on the sidelines of a Colts game pregame warm-ups. That's back. Do you guys remember when we used to do like things like sports and like we had teams like the Colts that were playing and practicing? You remember that? Just let your mind drift back to when we had those things. And it was a normal Sunday and it was pregame warm-ups and I was hanging out and my phone just started, you know, going off in my pocket and I pull it out and I look and it was a friend. I'll leave them nameless. And I was like, ah, it's not a really good time to talk. I was on the sidelines pregame and all that stuff. So I just kind of declined, stuck it back in my pocket. Starts going off again. This time it's just text message. It just says, I see you. <laughs> Section seat number. Huh. I turn, I go and find them, right? It was somebody, 
you know, they, they were in the stadium and they were down on the lower level. And so I go over to their section and we're laughing about it. And he says to me, he said, you weren't screening my call, were you? <laughs> Maybe. We laughed about it, had a good, good chuckle. But it made me think, I don't think 2020, church, I don't think this call from God's one we want to screen. I don't know in all the ways God is reaching out to you and to me and to us, like the, the way that He's speaking and the way that He's breaking in and the circumstances He's thrust us into. I don't think we want to look at that and go, decline. I think it's one of those moments. I think this could be the year that it isn't just change your heart and change my heart. I don't think it could just change our church's heart. I don't even think it could just change our nation's heart. I think 2020 could be the year that changes the world. Why? Because the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth is reigning and ruling over this year. And he's issuing a call to his people in a way that I've not seen in my lifetime. And when I speak to those who are even older, say they've not seen in their lifetime. The number of messages and the consistency of the calling, if my people who were called by my name will what? Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, metanoel, turn from the old ways, turn from sin, turn from self, turn from distraction, turn from all the stuff that used to weigh us down, turn from it and turn to the Lord. Seek him with all your heart. God's calling out. That phone's going off. We do not want to screen that call. We do not want to hit decline. Man, because if, if we'll heed this call, huh, he says he's going to hear from heaven. He's going to forgive and wait. He's going to heal. He's going to bring revival and renewal and awakening in ways we've not seen in our lifetime. Could it be? Church, I think we're 20 inches to that breakthrough. You say, well, what's 20 inches, Eric? Twenty inches. The distance from right here, my foot to my knee. Twenty inches. Worship team, come on up. Come on up as we want to wrap this up. We're 20 inches to breakthrough. You see, standing, standing is this position. God's calling out, God's lifting his voice, God's sending all kinds of messages. Standing says, I got this, I'm good. I'll get through, we'll hunker down, we'll power up, fine, press on. Standing is a posture of self-sufficiency. It's not, it's not recognizing that things aren't hard, it's just saying, you know what, I got this, I'm good. 
But I, but I wonder, I wonder through the course of, of trying to stand in the midst of that, trying to say you've got this, like the, the song we were singing earlier, the, the weight that I've been carrying reminds me that it might not be my load to carry. And I wonder if there's anybody today who recognizes in the midst of the standing that, that it's God. Like you go, I think God's been calling out to me. I think God's been calling out to me for a long time. I think my mom's been praying for me consistently. My sister's been uh, encouraging me, and my friend's been sending me text messages, and I've got situations and circumstances coming at me that are nudging and prodding and pushing me along. And all through that, I've been, I've been standing, I've been standing, I've been standing. And you say, you know what? I think it's God. And here's the picture to break through. You go from standing and you take the 20 inch journey to your knees. Church, this is what it means to lean in to the if. This is how you step into the if. This is when you say to the Lord, I'm going to humble myself, Lord. (laughs) This is the posture that says, uh, I'm not nearly as self-sufficient as I thought I was. This is the posture that says, "I'm, I'm dependent on God. This is the one that says, Lord, I need you. Lord, I hear your call. Lord, I'm sorry for all the times I've been distracted and I've declined and I've just pushed it away. God, enough's enough. I can't do this in my own wisdom and strength. I can't just keep going on like, you know, some point some normal's going to return. This is the posture that says, I can't go back to normal. It's got to be different. God's got to matter more. The kingdoms of this world have got to matter less. Priorities have got to get sorted out in here. God, I can't go back. That's stepping into the if. This is saying, God, I need a breakthrough of healing. I need a breakthrough of provision. I need a breakthrough of restoration. I need a breakthrough of peace. I need a breakthrough of hope. We need a breakthrough for our land, and we need a breakthrough for our homes, and we need a breakthrough for our own hearts. This is that posture. It's just 20 inches. It starts here and say, God, bring revival. God, bring renewal. God, bring awakening. Things can't go on like they've been going on. Enough's enough. So I thought about how amazing would it be if if the Lord looked upon his people, at least everyone who's joining us right now, 
all the states around the country. I think we've had like three countries joining us. I think Keller's in Italy and Petula in Bosnia and I don't know, somebody in the Ukraine has been hanging out with us. And what if God looked across all those countries and across all the states and in this room? What if this morning he looked at his people and he saw them all take the 20-inch journey to their knees? It's a posture of saying, God, I'm going to lean into the if. And so if you're able, everyone listening at home as well as in this room, if you're able, I want to invite you to kneel right where you are. Those of you in this room, use the blue chairs like as your little altar. You can use the prayer benches up here on the side. If you want some prayer bench area on the side, you can use those. Just turn, kind of turn and use the blue chair. Use, rest your arms on the blue chair. That'll help you. And if you're not able to kneel, that's fine. Stay seated. Some of you I know got some knee issues going on in that. You can feel free to sit on your bottoms if you want. Everybody at home, hey, whatever's going on at home, living rooms, kitchens, bedrooms, dining rooms, whatever, hey, can you just set aside whatever's going on and just pause and would you join us on our knees now? And Hey, Luke, if possible, why don't you just get a shot, send it out to the stream. They can see this room, everybody on their knees. I think that'd be a good visual for everyone to see at home that we're joining with you. And church, right now from your knees, I just want to give you a moment. I want you to lean into the if, because God says, if my people, you're his people called by his name, will humble themselves. Here you are in your knees, our posture of humility before the Lord. And pray, if we'll do that, when we pray and we seek him and we turn. I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. Some of you coming in this room and some of you listening this morning carrying some really big things. And right now, I just want you to release those to the Lord and call out to him. Open those up. Say, God, I need a breakthrough right here. And name it. There might be a pattern of sin that's coming to mind and you recognize, man, some things have been off the rails. You've just been caught up in some wrong stuff, going the wrong direction. Wisdom that right now, just confess that sin to the Lord. Just say, Lord, it said I'm done with that. Forgive me. Heal my heart in that. So right now, just individuals got this image of families. I just kind of picture homes right now. I can see moms and dads and kids all kneeling together. What a beautiful picture. God, here we are as your people. We're heeding your call. Bring breakthrough, God. Hear our prayers, forgive our sin, and then heal. Heal our hearts, heal our homes, heal. And then right now, collectively, we unite our hearts, Lord. We pray for our nation. Oh, God. We're on our knees as your people on behalf of our land. Our land needs healing in Jesus' name. God, we pray that you would remove the dividing wall of hostility that it seems to be so deep and high and thick. It just seems to be overwhelming. 
the amount of anger and hostility between peoples in our land. Oh God, heal our land, Prince of Peace. Bring reconciliation, bring unity, bring humility, bring healing. Healing, oh God, between peoples. And then God, physically with this plague that we're in with COVID-19, we just want to say, Lord, you have the power to lift the plague when and if you decide it's to be lifted. We trust you and we pray there will be a day when the plague is lifted and COVID-19 is no longer a reality in our world. We're praying for that. We're trusting you to forward your purposes in it. We pray for our medical community, everyone working so hard for a vaccine and all the efforts going in. We pray for a vaccine. We pray just supernaturally, just lift it from the human experience when it's fulfilled your purposes. God, we pray you would use this really difficult time for our physical realities. It's so hard for us just kind of physically to go about our day-to-day connection with each other right now. God, use that. Heal our land. Drive us to our knees. We pray for our leaders of our land. May this image you see before you for your church now, may it ripple out to our leaders. Lord, we pray the leaders of our country from the highest office to the local authorities and everywhere in between, that they would find the 20-inch journey to breakthrough, to mercy, to say, I need God. God, hear our cries. Here we are, your people. We believe you're calling out to us. We don't take it lightly. Hear our prayers. Forgive our sin heal our land. We pray it together in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen.